and welcome to the fourth official soccer podcast. My name is Bori Oludemi, and sadly we don't have Sulaiman, but we have Adi again from last week. Adi, how are you doing? I'm good, Bori. Uh, lots of football this weekend, so I haven't been doing so good for a long, long time. Great. It's good to hear that fo- you know since football is back, everything's great now. We also have a super exciting guest the number one La Liga fan I think I know out there. Justin, how are you? Hey, guys. Uh, doing well. Glad to be back. Um, it's been a while. I thought I was going to get invited back earlier to the podcast, but, you know, here I am. Glad glad soccer's back. No hard feelings, Justin. We love you, and that's why we invited you back. Uh, Justin is here to really just talk to us about uh, the La Liga updates. There are, you know, exciting rumors coming up. And we can't wait to share with everyone. But before we start talking about all that nice and awesome stuff, I don't know what you guys, you know, thought about this last weekend. Um, basically, there were crowd noise infused into the games. And for people that didn't watch the games, uh, basically, if you watch like the Leipzig game, for example, Fox Soccer was able to infuse like crowd noises and it kind of made it feel like a, you know, a real game. But obviously there was no crowd. And uh, weirdly enough, the players could not hear the crowd noises. Um, I just want to get your feelings, guys, about what you think. Y- is this necessary for us to do? Or did it feel like a different, like a real game when you watched the game? Uh, yeah, so I think, I honestly think, personally, I think it's a good thing. Uh, it actually made me feel more like, I was more excited. And I was like, that th- there was a little bit of passion and that energy. Um uh, I know it's just something that's deceiving you, but I heard in England they're planning to start an app which basically allows like people to like literally yell on to their phones and that is going to be made loud in the stadiums. So yeah, personally, I think it's not a bad idea because it does, does feel a little incomplete football without fans and the noise. Yeah, how about you, Justin? How did you feel about that, this uh, update? Um, I'm kind of indifferent to it. I mean, I'm sure it's it's difficult for the players to to play without hearing the songs, hearing the chants, hearing the crowd. But for me, sometimes I'm just watching the game in the background, low volume. Sometimes I'm watching on my phone on the go, so I'm not always listening to it volume up. I'm just glad the games are back, though. I will say this, though. It is better than the Vuvuzelas from the 2010 World Cup. <laughs> I will take the quiet games for that noise any day. <laughs> I guess it doesn't grind my gear, but um, I, I can understand why people hate that that noise. Yeah, I cannot agree more with Justin on that. Let's move on to the Bundesliga. Very classic game. Um, it's called the Der Klassiker. I'm, I've told you guys before, before we even got on that I was really pissed about this. And I really want to hear your feelings about this game. Um, on the one hand, I love Kimmich's goal. But then I, you know, there was also the handball. But in just give me a quick general like feeling about this game, Justin. Like I just want to hear from your point of view. How do you think this game went? Yeah, uh, the first few minutes it definitely felt like Dortmund was going to get that goal. They were knocking early right away. Uh, had a few opportunities, but as Bayern settled into it, it it just felt like Bayern wasn't going to lose. You know, it, I, I think there was a lot of hype behind Dortmund. They came out strong. Uh, but as the game progressed, it just kind of felt like Big Brother was going to win again. Yes, Adi, uh, so so just listen to what Justin said. It seems like they they were probably under pressure to to win. Is that is that why you think they, they probably lost today? 
I wouldn't blame it entirely on pressure. Um, I think uh, Dortmund have always been playing second fiddle to Bayern in the last few seasons. Uh, it, things have changed ever since Klopp left. Uh, Dortmund have never been favourites and you can always see that fear even though Dortmund have had the quality and that form to beat teams like Bayern in the past. But in these big games, uh, like I guess uh, the pressure and the fear eventually shows up. Yeah, so two, two major points in this game. Uh, First of all, I personally thought like Bayern could have played better. Didn't seem like it's, I saw them at one point defending with eight uh, with eight players, which was uh, to me incredible to see a big team do that. But I kind of want to talk about the Kimmich's goal. Um, Adi, do you do you think uh, the the keeper could have saved that that goal? I mean, that goal that save seemed like a routine save that he should make, right? Uh, I wouldn't say that's a routine uh, save, Bori. Uh, I, I completely disagree with you. I think um, there, there was a chance that he could have saved it, but um, I wouldn't blame... Like, he had enough defenders in front of him, so I guess a lot of the blame is going to the goalkeeper. Could have tipped it over the bar. He got a fingertip to it, but I, I think more, the, we shouldn't take uh, away credit from Kimmich's chip and the quality and his awareness. Justin, you're a Madrid fan. Would Couture have saved that? He would have. He would have for sure. He would have been in the right position to make that save. Um, I, I think the bigger talking point, Bori, and I want to hear from you, Boateng put his elbow out and blocked that shot. <laughs> yes. Um, Justin, I know I know you already know how I feel about this, but I, I am really sad that, first of all, this didn't even get... To, a review like this was really pissing me off and it's to me not a good show for Bundesliga I don't know why people are not talking about this more but that was you're on the he he moved his arm it's not like it was you know the ball met his met his hand but he moved his arm to kind of block and deflect it and it wasn't a penalty that that blows my mind and that's why I think Dortmund could have come away with at least a draw in the worst case in this game uh, but absolutely robbery. I think this was daylight robbery, and I can't believe this happened. Yeah, regardless of whether it was a penalty or not, I think uh, Bayern were the better team. They they outclassed Dortmund. Dortmund had one or two odd chances. Targin has had Mr. Sera. But overall, the class, there was a clear gulf in the teams, and Bayern would have outclassed Dortmund, in my opinion. This is the second game that Holland has not really done much. Um what what do you think could be going on here? Is he is he losing his touch or is he too much in the limelight? Like what's going on here? I mean he's a, he's a young kid. He's he's still 19. He's learning. He's gonna have one or two off games. We gotta cut the kid some slack. We can't keep expecting him to score every single game. I know the pressure is gonna keep building, and every time he scores in big games. Uh, but yeah, it's just two games. We're just back in the Bundesliga. Cut the kid some slack. He, he did miss that one over the weekend. They ended up scoring, but it, it went right through his legs. Like Adi said, he's young. They're coming back from this weird break that, that all, all the teams had. He'll he'll be fine. So I was listening to last week's pod, and I, I, I heard um, some talk about Leverkusen and some exciting stuff going on there. And uh, thoughts on their game over the weekend? Yeah, yeah. I lost to Adi, I would say, because Leverkusen beat Gladbach uh, 3-1. Guys, I, I've kind of... I think Gladbach is in a state where they need to to basically wake up because they're not playing the same way they played in the beginning of the season. I mean, they were on top of the table for a while. 
Um, but now they've lost their touch, and now they're tied with Leverkusen uh, on the table, which is kind of weird to see. But um, it it was a very sloppy game. I I thought you know I thought they could have played better. It seemed like Leverkusen came out there to win because they were running from the first minute to the 90th minute. Um, Gladbach seemed like they were there to just sit back and just like push forward just one once or twice. Um, and and I mean, what can I say? Harvard scored again, and which is incredible to see this this kid actually do so so much wonders. Um, I wonder what he did over the coronavirus break. He must have trained a lot. Adi. Yeah, Bori. All I have to say is that you chose the wrong team to support. Uh, I was pretty confident that Leverkusen would beat Gladbach. And what what can I say about my boy Kai Havertz? 15 games, 10 goals, seven assists. Overnight, he's being linked to Real Madrid and Liverpool, which I'm pretty disappointed about because initially Chelsea won the race to sign him. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I, I think Leverkusen played a great game. That they they had like great possession. Gladbach yes. were more direct, uh, and yeah, and things didn't seem to work for Gladbach. So I was happy for Leverkusen. They've gone above Gladbach on the table, but uh, I guess the strange nature of whatever is going on in the world right now. You're bound to see some of these uh, erratic performances as Leverkusen lost to Wolfsburg 4-1 today. So, um, yeah, uh, still go exciting to see who finishes in the top four. All right, let's move on to Leipzig. Um, over the weekend, they played Mainz and they thrashed them 5-0. I mean, this was just doubling down on their 8-0 first leg win, which is crazy. Timo Werner again scoring a hat-trick. This is the second hat-trick. Uh, uh, against uh, uh, Mainz this season, um, is Timo Werner the, the real deal, guys? Like, 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 I, I, are you surprised he scored the hat trick again? I'm not surprised. I think Red Bull is the real deal. I think Timo can play. Uh, I think he's proved it last season. He's proven it again this season. They got a lot of great talent on that team. Uh, I think he's the real deal. Um, uh, Adi Opemancano came back from suspension. I think that's really what helped him in the back. But do you think having uh, a very good uh, uh, center back what was it was key to kind of keeping their defense and making sure that they don't concede goals? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt Opemancano is like one of the best defenders in the league. But um, I don't think it was key for this game. I expected Leipzig to win comfortably either ways. And uh, but yeah, it's good to have Opemancano back. He's such a solid physical presence at the back. All right, let's move on to another league that will be coming back next month. Justin, the La Liga has been slated to come back on June 11th. Um, and this is, I'm sure this must be very, very good news to you. Yeah, I'm super excited. Second week of June, we're getting La Liga back. Uh, the teams have been training for a few weeks now. They had all the players go back to their facilities, get tested for covid uh, they've been bunkering down. They've been making sure everyone's on lockdown after practices. They've been doing small field practices with a, uh, smaller groups of players. Um, I'm I'm super excited for the season to get get back started. Um, I'm excited for the title race, Paulo Madrid. Yes. Well, so it sounds like you are all for uh, uh, continuing the season uh, because I I don't know if you remember from from our last episode I said I think all leagues should be cancelled and I know that's a very controversial topic. What are your actual feelings? Do do you think people should continue playing? Do you think the league should continue, or do you think they should just stop and get ready for next season? Yeah, I think I think the 
leagues and the countries are going about it the right way. Uh, they're working with closely with the governments. They're coming up with well-drawn plans, lots of details. Um, a lot of these countries that are they're moving forward are able to, you know, provide the players with these tests, the medical needs that they would, you know, or the medical supplies that they would need. Uh, I, I think it's great. Bring, bring soccer back. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, I'm not complaining. It's back. I just want everyone to do it safely. And it seems like they are, like to your point. Um, looking at the Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid fixtures, uh, uh, you know, what what are your predictions for for the rest of the of the season? And just looking at their fixtures, and can you just give us a rundown of what you think will happen? Yeah. So looking at their fixtures, um, so I mean, Barcelona out of the top eight. They've got Sevilla, Atletico, and Villarreal. And they also have a game against Athletic Bilbao, which is always a tough game, although Athletic is, is, is outside the top eight right now. Madrid, we've got Valencia, Sociedad, Getafe, and Villarreal for top eight. And then we also play Bilbao, which is a tough game. So you're looking at it on paper. I think Madrid's got the tougher schedule. Um, the interesting part about resuming play is uh, home fixtures, away fixtures aren't going to mean as much without the fans. Uh, the players are coming back from this weird break. We're going to see who was training at home, who wasn't training at home. It's going to be a close title race. I'm going to be cheering for Madrid. I think they're going to win the title. Justin, how much do you think uh, someone like Eden Hazard returning to the Madrid team will play a role in getting you more competitive and fighting for that title? I think it's huge, and, it, and it's not just him, um, and it's not just for Madrid, but for Madrid, we get Asensio and Hazard back. Uh, to finish up these final uh, nine games of the season. I think that's huge. Uh, alternatively, you look at Barcelona, they're getting Luis Suarez back as well. Um, so I think that's a big boost for a lot of teams, for guys that were going to be injured for the remainder of the season. Uh, we're now getting them back with play, remain, uh, play resuming in June. Justin, uh, I don't know, I'm sure you listened to our last episode, but uh, I brought up, uh, I had a hot take there where I tried to compare uh, Hakimi to Trent. Can you just tell us what your feelings are about that and who do you think is better? That is a hot take. I, I heard and I was really interested in the conversation. I love I love a good conversation like that. I think it's hard to compare them. They play two different positions. Dortmund plays uh, with that right wing back, left wing back, the 3-5-2. Hakimi gets up a lot more. He's a lot more of an offensive threat, in my opinion. Arnold can't go wrong with his passing, his assists, but Hakimi... He, as we've seen last weekend, he gets the goals. He can score. He's almost like a, a winger, right midfielder. Um, personal preference, Hakimi's a Madrid boy. I got I to gotta pick him. Yeah, and, let, let Hakimi reach to play two Champions League finals, win one, and then maybe uh, I would woo. consider him in the same boat as Trent. Interesting, interesting takes here. Um, and uh, I, I said something else that I think probably pissed you off. I said Hakimi should come back and probably bench Carvajal because I didn't know what Carvajal was doing in Madrid. How do you feel about that? I was a little upset when I heard that on the podcast. Uh, I do agree. Bring Hakimi back. But Carvajal is the man. I don't know if he's getting replaced. Um, but definitely I'd love to see Hakimi back in the white jersey. Justin, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Carvajal playing for Bayern Leverkusen at some point? Uh, he was loaned out there, yeah, early on. So I, I know the two of you have been talking about Hakimi versus Carvajal versus Trent. Uh, today's Dortmund Bayern game, we had like some of the best wingbacks in the world. Both the Dortmund wingbacks, Hakimi, Guerrero, and how can we not talk about Alfonso Davis? He's, I think he's probably number one in the world right now. 
in terms of wing-back play? I think you're right. I mean, Alfonso, Alfonso Davies is good. He's a great uh, defender. He's very, very fast. I don't know who's faster, him or Hakimi. Um, but uh, And he can also cross. So, I, I mean, obviously, I personally think he's better than Andy Robertson, who is probably seen as one of the best left-backs right now. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, you know, very, very good player, very, very young talent, uh, came from the MLS. So it's very good to see that a talent from the MLS is really doing well in Europe's top flight. Yeah, he has a great story behind him, like refugee from Ghana, moved to Canada. He broke so many records in the MLS as a teenage. And now he was signed by Bayern Munich uh, for, to play backup as left back. But he's now their first choice at the age of 19, which is phenomenal. Yeah, so uh, before we wrap up, uh, Bori, you have a random fact of the episode? Yeah, I do have a random fact. This has become my second life where I try to find one. Um, but I stumbled upon a Bayern Munich player, uh, Sergei Nabry. Um, he is a, according to the cycle I was reading, he's a good Christian. And surprisingly, he sings in his church's choir, which is amazing. I mean, it's amazing. Something you never really hear of often, but he sings in, a, in, a, in his church's choir, which is, which is really amazing to, to hear. Yeah, I wonder why Arsene Wenger kicked him out and chose Iwobi. Was he? <laughs> are you trying to say he was singing or instead of playing? Is that? Or, yeah, or training? probably. Good. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for your time and talking to us about La Liga. Thank you so much, Adi, for for joining us again this week. We hope to uh, uh, see you again uh, uh, next week. And thank you to our listeners for listening to the fourth official soccer podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter at 4thofficialsp. Uh, and we are also, we have a website, fourthofficialsoccerpodcast.com. Um, thank you so much and uh, talk to you next week. Bye-bye.